Hey guys, it's Miss Hubbard here, and it's time for a little bit of storytelling to give you an example of what it is that you guys are going to be doing in your groups. This particular story is from the same book that most of y'all's are, and I had a little help from some of my IB kids. So I hope you enjoy. The title of the story is The Brownie of Fern Glen. Scottish story. There was once a farmhouse called Fern Glen. Bah. <laughs> it was named for the glen which it stood on the edge of and which anyone who wanted to visit the farm had to travel through. But this glen was believed to be the abode of a brownie. This fairy never appeared to anyone in the daytime, but was sometimes glimpsed at night, stealing about like an ungainly shadow from tree to tree. Like all brownies who are properly treated and let alone, he would do any kind of work around the farm in return for a bowl of milk for his supper. The farmer often said that he did not know what he would do without the brownie, for if there was any work to be done and finished in a hurry on the farm, corn to thrash or winnow, turnips to cut, clothes to wash, or garden to be weeded. All the farmer and his wife had to do was leave the door of the barn or the turnip shed or the milk house open when they went to bed and put down a bowl of new milk on the doorstep. And when they woke the next morning, the bowl would be empty and the job would be finished as if it had been done by mortal hands. In spite of all this, however, everyone at the farm was afraid of the brownie and would rather go a couple of miles out of the way in the dark than pass the glen and run the risk of catching a glimpse of him. Only one person on the farm didn't fear the brownie, and that was the farmer's wife. She was good and gentle and wasn't afraid of anything. So when the brownie's supper had to be left outside, she always filled his bowl with the richest milk and added a spoonful of cream to it. She often said, He works so hard for us and asks no wages, and he well deserves the very best meal that we can give him. One night, this gentle lady was taken very ill. <coughs> Everyone was afraid she was going to die. The farmer was greatly distressed, and so were the servants and the farmhands, for she had been such a good mistress to all of them that they loved her as if she had been their mother. But they were all young, and none of them knew very much about illness. So everyone agreed that it would be better to send off for an old woman who lived about seven miles away on the other side of the river, who was known to be a very skillful nurse. But who was to go? That was the question. For it was black midnight, and the way to the old woman's house lay straight through the glen. Whoever traveled that road at night ran the risk of meeting the dreaded brownie. The farmer would have gone too willingly, but he dared not leave his wife alone. So the servants stood in groups about the kitchen, each one telling each other what he or she ought to do. And none of them offering to go themselves. Little did they know that the cause of their terror was standing only a yard or two away, listening with an anxious face from behind the kitchen door. The brownie was a queer, misshapen wee man with a long beard, red-rimmed eyes, broad, flat feet, and enormous long arms that touched the ground even when he stood upright. He had come from his hiding place in the glen as he did every night to see if there was any work for him to do and look for his bowl of milk. But he had seen from the open door and lit up windows that there was something wrong inside the farmhouse, which at that hour was wont to be dark and still. So he'd crept in through the back door and found to find out what the matter was. When he gathered the servants' talk that the far 
Farmer's wife, who had been so kind to him, was taken ill. His heart sank within him. And when he heard that the silly servants were so taken up with their own fears... I'm not going, now you go! That they dared to fetch out... That they dared not set out to fetch a nurse. He became angry. Fools! Idiots! Dolts! He muttered to himself. <laughs> they speak as if I were ready to take a bite out of them as soon as ever I met them. If they only knew the bother it gives me to keep on of their road. But if they go on like this, the bonnie lady will surely die. So it seems I must go and fetch help myself. So saying, he reached up his long arm and took the farmer's dark cloak from a peg on the wall. Quickly and quietly, he threw it over his head and shoulders to hide his ungainly form, and he hurried away to the stable. The horses and the other animals were not afraid of the brownie, for they often saw him in the night working away at whatever task had been left for him. So they didn't stir as the brownie saddled and bridled the horse, led him to the door of the stable, and scrambled up on his back. The brownie then whispered to the horse, If you ever traveled fleetly, travel fleetly now. It was as if the creature understood him, for it gave a little whinny, pricked up its ears, and then darted out into the darkness like an arrow from the bow. Never before had the road to the old woman's cottage ridden up so fast before. When the brownie drew rain beside the cottage, the old woman was, be- was in bed, fast asleep. He hurried to the door and rapped sharply. sharply. The woman, who was accustomed to being roused in the night on account of her skill with healing, rose and peered through the peephole to see who was at the door. The brownie pulled his cloak around his face and told her his errand in a low, gravelly voice. The mistress of Fern Glen is ill, and if there's no one to nurse her but a bunch of empty-headed servants, will you come with me, and quickly, to save her life? But how am I to get there? Have they sent a cart for me? asked the old woman anxiously, for she was familiar with the way the farm was in the nervous meeting of the Brownie of the Glen. No, they have said no cart, but you must just climb up behind me and saddle and hang on tight to my waist, and I promise to bring you to Fern Glen safe and sound. So the old lady made haste to dress herself and gather her nurse's bag. She locked the door clambered up onto the horse's back behind the dark-cloaked stranger. Not a word was spoken until they reached the dreaded glen. And when the old woman felt her courage giving way, Do you think there will be any chance of meeting the brownie? She asked. I would fain not run the risk, for folks say that he is an enchanting creature. Her companion gave a curious laugh. (laughs) Keep up your heart and don't talk nonsense, for I promise you'll see not uglier this night than the man whom you ride behind. Oh, then I am fine and safe. For although I haven't seen your face, I warrant that you are a good man from the care you've shown for your mistress at the farm. She lapsed into silence again until they passed through the glen and the good horse turned into the farmyard. Then the brownie slid to the ground, turned round, and lifted the old woman carefully down with his long, strong arms. But as he did so, the cloak slipped off him, revealing his fearsome face and misshapen limbs. What kind of man are you? She asked, peering into his face in the gray morning light, which was just dawning. What name 
makes your eyes so big, and what have you done to your feet? They're more like a frog's feet than a man's. The brownie drew back. He dreaded to be seen by mortals, so he hurried to pull the cloak back up over his head. Please, waste no time in talking. The lady inside is ill and needs your help. And he started to hurry back towards the glen. Very well, but I think I have guessed who you are. And although you won't come inside and take the credit for your deeds tonight, I'm sure the farmer and his wife would be only too glad to thank you. The brownie paused at the edge of the farmyard, and then he turned back to say, I don't need any more thanks for my work than a good bowl of milk. But it grieves me to, to be thought ill of, and I wish they wouldn't avoid the glen on my account. Tell them that from the brownie of Fern Glen, he said, and then he disappeared into the trees. And the old woman did just that. After she tended to the farmer's wife and made sure she was well again, she sat the rest of them down and recounted her adventure. So forever after, although they never saw the brownie anymore than they had passed before, the people of Fern Glen were no longer afraid of him or passing through the glen. When they put out a bowl of milk on the doorstep, they always made sure to fill it with the richest milk and to add a spoonful of cream, too. <laughs>